You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. This is episode 12 of our series, Turning Curses into Blessing. And our text is Nehemiah 13.2, Howbeit, our God turned the curse into a blessing. Here's another uh, illustration of this. This is the book of Daniel. This is interesting because we jump from Abraham's time uh, to David, and that was 14 generations. And according to the book of Matthew, chapter 1, between David and the captivity, which is the time of Daniel, is also 14 generations. So what I love about this is these principles are working 28 generations apart because God's word is true no matter when uh, we call upon it and stand upon it. All right, now King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. I want you to listen to this. It may remind you in some ways of the dream of the Pharaoh uh, that uh, Joseph interpreted. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, the Chaldeans, to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I've had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever, tell your servants the dream, and we'll give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation." Now the servants said, King, there's nobody who can do that. Uh, Just tell us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation. Now this is how Nebuchadnezzar was moved on by Satan, the prince of the power of the air. He remembered what had happened with Joseph. He knew that there were Jewish counselors present in Nebuchadnezzar's court. He knew that. He didn't want to see a replay of what had happened with Joseph in Egypt. So instead of Nebuchadnezzar sharing the dream and giving someone an opportunity to interpret it, he makes it double tough and says, not only do I want you to tell me the the interpretation of the dream, I am not even going to tell you the dream. I want you to tell me what I dreamed and then give me the interpretation. He was serious about it. He even went so far as to begin to kill the different wise men in the kingdom. He killed a few people before uh, that uh, this uh, was done. So Daniel went in, in verse 16 and asked the king to give him time. Why did he do this? Because the king knew who Daniel was and he'd already found him to be very wise. And he also found Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be very wise. So what is going to happen here with this whole process is that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to come out of this with improved position. 
This is not a Daniel in the lion's den type story, although it sets the stage for that. It's not a fiery furnace type of story, although it sets the stage for that. But they are still very much threatened by the king because they are going to be executed as well if no one gives Nebuchadnezzar both the dream and the interpretation. So Daniel went to his house, made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are their Babylonian names, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So he, uh, the next verses show us uh, how that uh, Daniel praised the Lord and what he said to him. And so in verse 31, Daniel is now before the king. And he said this, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. The image that had splendor that was excellent, and it stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and its arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And by the way, we are seeing this very thing today. This is developing the feet of iron and clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. And that was pretty courageous. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar had to admit, yep, that's it. That's exactly it. Now Daniel says, now we will tell the interpretation of the dream. Now here's the interpretation of the dream. The head was Nebuchadnezzar, and it's the head of gold. Gold is the heaviest of all of these metals. The gold is heavier than the silver, heavier than the bronze, and heavier than the iron, and the iron is certainly heavier than iron and clay. So the idea is this image is doomed to fall because it's top-heavy, but it's a symbol of all of the world empires that would develop in that area and that would affect Israel, pay attention to this now, while they were in their land. That was important. Uh, this was while they were in their land. So they were affected first by Babylon. The Babylonians carried them away. And then the Babylonian Empire fell when Nebuchadnezzar's grandson Belshazzar died. And uh, the Medes and the Persians joined together with a new empire. And that's why they're the arms of silver and the chest of silver. And then comes the belly and the loins and the thighs of uh, of bronze, this is again uh, the Greek Empire. It's 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 a very humanistic empire, uh, a very loose empire sexually. Anything went, uh, and so that's why it centers around the loins. And then we go to the two legs, which are iron. This is a symbol of the Roman Empire, which had two divisions: the east and the west. And finally, we see the feet that are made up of iron and clay mixed. And what you are seeing, and, and we're seeing it right now happen before our very eyes, 
this tremendous influx of migrants out of Middle Eastern and North African countries who are primarily Muslim are moving into the European nations at a at a, an amazing rate. And they are having great influence on the policies of these European nations. Germany, Italy, um, France for sure, uh, Great Britain. All of these nations are being affected by this immigration. But the interesting thing about it is in, in the United States is a great melting pot. And we've had all kinds of people come into our country over the decades but the people who came here largely assimilated. They became Americans. They learned the language, adapted to the culture, and it's not at all uncommon to have someone who's Irish living next door to someone who's of German descent. And actually, uh, it is incredible that uh, in one household, you can have several different nationalities. I know that in our household, uh, there is English blood, there is German blood, there is French blood and Irish blood and Welsh blood and Native American blood in my own family. And so we don't have one particular ancestral line. We have many. But this is what is happening today. The iron and the clay cannot blend together. There's no chemical process by which you can take iron and clay and blend them together as one. They do not mix. And that's what is happening today in Europe. And this is the feet. These are the feet of the image that will be struck by the rock. And this, in this only, uh, is the part of this that uh, uh, shows the work of Messiah. All of these other empires fell without Jesus coming, but Jesus is coming. He's going to deal with this new confederation of ten toes, ten nations in Europe that are going to be made up of uh, European and Middle Eastern peoples, and uh, the iron and the clay don't mix, and one group of people will not assimilate with the other. And we're going to see that happen now. What happened here is that Daniel interpreted uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And when he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, everything flipped. Now, the dream itself was from God. However, Satan stepped in to influence Nebuchadnezzar to bring a curse on something good that God did. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to kill all of the wise men, because you can't tell me not only my dream uh, but not, and not the interpretation. I want to hear them both. And so when Daniel came and gave him the dream itself and its interpretation, he was blown away. So look at this. This is verse 46. Here is the flip. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell down on his face. He is the most powerful man in the world. He doesn't have a Congress. He doesn't have a board. He doesn't have anyone to answer to. He, he doesn't have a constitution that he has to follow. He, his word is law. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him as if he were God. 
The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now, now Nebuchadnezzar was so impacted in Daniel 2 by what Daniel did in the interpretation of this dream that Daniel was not required to fall down and worship that golden image that the king made in chapter 3. He's not there. And I believe it's because Nebuchadnezzar had already seen, don't mess with this guy. The hand of God is on this guy. He saw God working in this man. Although Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted and the king found that they were very skilled, they themselves did not have part in that dream interpretation. I believe it's for this reason that they were tempted with the fiery furnace, which is another story altogether. But here you have, once again, an incredible curse. The stage is set, but then at the last minute, God moves and the thing flips and the people of God wind up getting a great blessing where a curse was intended. It is a pattern, and we see it again and again and again, and here it is 28 generations after it first happened with Abraham. So uh, that's all the time we have for today, but we will find another one of these tomorrow. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.